This is the Life Truth Network. Quest for our truth. Episode 406. A request episode. 32. Health Sleep Podcast Network. HPN, in conjunction with Protections of the Book, presents Quest for Truth. Now located at life-truth.com. Seeking the truth about God, faith, and the Bible. Life Truth, comparing worldviews in a casual setting. Digging deep into the Bible and its challenges. Here are your podcast host deputies, Keith Helsley and Nathan Caldwell. Hey everybody, this is your host Keith. Welcome back to Quest for Truth. I have uh, a re-quest episode today. Digging in our archives to find something that we may have said, uh, in this case years ago. Turns out we first uh, podcasted this on in September of 2015. It runs a little bit long. I'll try to keep my comments brief, but you know how that goes. <laughs> uh, hey, I, I do want to say this, uh, that in the uh, recording you'll hear us refer to some uh, breakfast items. We used to have a segment called Quest for Food. <laughs> and this also, uh, as I recall, seems to be in part some of our pre-show discussion before we actually rolled into the actual show itself, which probably explains why it runs a tad on the long side. And you know, I, I kind of miss those uh, early days of our first season where we both uh, committed to be at the microphone uh, during a blocked off day. We pretty much, you know, considered that time sacred. Uh, no interruptions, but uh, things change. Uh, as I recall, we went from Wednesdays to blocking off Mondays and back to Wednesdays, and now it's back to whatever way you can squeeze it in. <laughs> not very often, not as often as I would like. But hey, um, hope you enjoy this. Uh, it is over our first season episodes. Uh, of course, time has gone by, and some of the things we discussed, I, I listened to it, I thought, I probably could have said that better. But honestly, I don't think I would change uh, anything that we said. Uh, if we do raise some questions that you have, or if we could have said something better or different, please, 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 contact us, let us know, send us an email, visit our webpage. But you know what, uh, you can get all that contact info at the end of the show uh, when we share that at that point. But without any further ado, uh, let's uh, drop in with a quick word from the folks there at Christian Podcast Community, and we'll get started on this uh, episode uh, from um, seven years ago, six and a half years ago. So take it away. Now featured on the Christian Podcast Community, ChristianPodcastCommunity.org. Welcome to the Doctrine Matters Podcast, where we seek to equip the church to understand and live out its faith. I'm your host, Stephen Dew. I'm the preaching pastor at South Caraway Baptist Church in Jonesboro, Arkansas. We want to thank you for joining us today, and let's get right to today's episode. Sally Deo Gloria. 
Ever wish you could get together with a friend over coffee each week and talk about God's Word? Me too. Hi, I'm Anthony Russo. I'm the host of Grace and Peace Radio. Grace and Peace Radio is a Christian living blog and podcast dedicated to engaging conversations about applying God's Word to everyday life. I hope you'll join me, Anthony Russo, on Grace and Peace Radio each week at graceandpeaceradio.com or right here on the christianpodcastcommunity.org. Main topic. Uh, I have a question before we start. Yeah. In Genesis 3.1, the serpent asks, Yea, has God said, you shall not eat, or... Has God not said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? He's doing something there. Mm-hmm. And is it is he, is he trying to question what God said, or is he twi- trying to twist it? Now he he's tries to, he's he trying tries to, to twist it, is what he's doing. So he does it in verse 1 and verse 4? Yeah. Okay. Because what the snake is saying is, has God said that you should not eat of every fruit? Has, right. And so what that opens the door for, for Eve to interpret is, well, no, we can eat of everything, just not this one. You know? So what the snake is trying to make it sound like is, you know, God's, you know, I've heard, heard that, you know, God said that there's only certain foods that you can eat. Okay. So yeah. both verses is a twist. Right. It, okay. Because what God said is you, you shall eat of all the fruit except this one and so technically he's he's not saying it wrong but he's saying it differently leaving something out he's yeah he's saying it differently to leave a little bit of doubt because god is saying you can eat of all all this stuff look at all this you can eat from just not that one what the snake is saying is yeah you can eat but god is look 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 at this limitation and you you know how it is if someone says uh, whatever you do, don't mash the red button. Uh, uh, red mm-hmm. button. Uh, ejection sheet. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. because that, if someone points out that one thing you're not supposed to do, it's going to grab your focus. It's going to grab oh, your attention, saying, "What is it about that one thing? What is it about this?" God said, "I just noticed something." God put the other way around. What? Okay, in verse 1, he's trying to make her doubt. Mm-hmm. In verse 4, he's trying to make her do. Right. So, see, there's a little catchy there, see? Yeah. <laughs> Preachers love that. You know. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> there's my Mackey book coming on. I have my notes on that liberal Christian thing. I don't want to spend much time on it. I, I, I really only want to bring it up because I don't know who our listeners are. And, right. and sometimes people say, well, I've, I've heard about this, and what does it mean? And so all I want to do is like basically knock down these a couple bulleted talking points, and I want you to shoot them all down, which should be very easy to do. <laughs> Let's role play. Yeah. Yeah, well, essentially, this is what this will be doing, is role-playing. Okay, now i got to find my note. Where did I put my note? So, 
in ten minutes I get to pull out my breakfast, but I have to wait another five minutes to eat it. Oh. But it's biscuits and gravy in like a pot pie form. Ooh, hmm, what are those? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of excited. You have to share it with me. <laughs> How do I do that? <laughs> the miracle of modern teleportation. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's like PayPal. You email it, uh, email money <laughs> to somebody. You can email me breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> Decided just to email. I always thought that was bizarre. PayPal used to used to, used to uh, advertise it that way. Email somebody money. It's like, how do you email somebody money? Oh my gosh. <laughs> like Very the, carefully. That's there's, how. <laughs> there's got to be a bank transfer happening here somewhere, and I don't know about that because it costs <laughs> money. Well, my bank is linked to PayPal, but uh, I think that's I'm also because I'm Patreon. So sneaking I'm up on this here. There's my document folder. Oh, this is what you were talking about uh, yesterday. Yeah. All right. Let me just let me just read this. Uh, this is this is from the site. It says traditional Christians believe that when Adam and Eve sinned and turned away from God, they brought sin into the world and turned the whole generations away from God. Correct. Uh, the. the this doctrine absolves God of responsibility of introducing evil into the world. Now, see, that's messed up. Uh, God okay. didn't do that. The devil right. did. Uh, introducing evil to the perfect world and disobeyed him. I'm just reading this. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, see. I know you aren't saying that, brother. An alternative understanding that's of the story of the fall is Adam and Eve did wrong because they gave in to the temptation of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. Traditional teaching, the serpent, uh, the serpent convinced Eve that God lied about the tree. And he did convince her of that, even though it's not true. Right. Uh, the church has taught that before this, animals lived forever and were not carnivores now uh, hold on uh, now, okay I, I, animals now, were not I, carnivores I do not know where they get this from because it's not biblical but this is what this liberal Christian site says that traditional Christians hold teach. on because there was not death so that makes sense okay but and then it says that they were not carnivores there now, was not death right right and, and so uh, I'm just reading, I'm just saying what they teach now the no, Bible I'm saying that that sounds correct because that right. would be the only answer if there's not death you can't eat something that's alive right so yeah and so it goes on and says well now see it says that, Christ, that traditional Christians teach that now I have never been taught that in my life it does make sense but it only makes sense because someone you know extended it, it out it has to be explained you know, it has to be explained. I've never been taught that right. in my life, and I've and I've lived quite a quite a while now. Well, this is in the first, all honesty, that's, first time I've ever heard about it. <laughs> in all honesty, that's beside the point. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah it's, it's a moot point. It doesn't really matter. Um, let's see, but it says uh, disobedience brought original sin into the world, requiring salvation from Jesus, and that's a point that I want to get to. Oh, yeah. And then it says Catholics acknowledge uh, that this passage is not historically precise, but is based on a 
uh, historical event. Catholics uh, are wrong. Okay. <laughs> and and uh, I think they make that statement because that. because it, it, it leads into legitimizing their view right. that this is entirely legend and myth. Give an inch. Okay. So so the, because the Catholics have that view, it, it, it plays into the hands of the liberal Christian to say, oh, it's just fake. It's That's just right. a made-up story. Uh, it's figurative, not literal. Okay. Now, moving so what, on. So what would be the figurative then? Figurative means it is a no, figure. No, I know what it means. Right. What I'm saying is they're saying this story is figurative, well, I'm, not I'm just, literal. That's, it's just restating, their, restating the point that the Catholics say that it is not precise history, but it is based on history. Well, do they go on to explain what supposed figurative it's? Well, that, that, that's the end of what this liberal site says that traditional Christians teach. See, so m- moving on to okay, what, sorry. what liberal Christians teach. Oh, oh. The liberal, this is where I'm needing an argument or whatever. Right. So, so all that stuff is, is traditional between traditional Christians, traditional Catholics. That's the, the longstanding centuries-old, millennia-old viewpoint. Okay. So this is all what's going to follow is, is their mind-blowing, bizarre crap. And that's all right. What, and that's what it is, is crap. Woo-hoo. You said this, right? you said the CR word. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Sidetrack here. I'm just playing. So, sometimes you you say something like, "Oh, I stepped in some poop," and some little kid will go, oh, "You said a bad word." It's like, do you want me to say the alternative? And a joke. <laughs> because I can say like some alternative for you. Kids think poop is a bad word. Well, because you know their mom doesn't want them to use, you know, potty oh language. Gosh, and so any, anything you do in the potty is, is a bad word. That is funny. And so it's like, uh, you know, poop is about the most tame word that oh, you yeah. can call it. I mean, there's plenty of other words. I guess dung would be pretty generic, but anyway, moving it's on. Um, liberal view. It is entirely a myth therefore opens it up to many different interpretations. And by many different uh, interpretations, it just means this interpretation, if you ask me. Well, yeah, well, here's the thing. They've just made a claim. Mm -hmm. Are they backing it up by evidence, or are they just making a claim? They're, uh, They're just saying that it's myth. They, they yeah, don't, see, that's not – that throws it all out of the window. Right. Because according to Greg Kokel, right. and I love what he says, if you make a claim, it is your responsibility to back it up with evidence. I don't, I don't know why they claim it's a myth. Um, I, I guess they feel that if you think it's literal, that you need to be the one to back it up with the literal thing. I'm just guessing, but this is their claim. They claim it's a myth, and therefore it opens it up to different interpretations. Continuing on. Right. Sorry. But you uh, did ask me to. <laughs> <I'm>, <laughs> yeah, and I don't want, to, want you to go into this unprepared anyway. But Right. Uh, my fingers are freaking out on me here. So sorry, man. Here we go. Are you gonna be all right? Let's see. I gotta find my spot again. Understanding traditional teaching. Get past that. Besides, besides, it's a myth. Uh, 
the event portrays the rise and not the fall of humanity, which I like. I was like, what? How does this? How does this show the rise and not the you fall of humanity? Yeah. Now hold it, because you just made a point here. You're saying it's a myth, so you can't then turn and say this shows the rise of humanity because if it's a myth, it doesn't show anything. Right. But the, 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 this, this is the points that are on the site. I'm just going right. to. I know. I'm just, okay. you know. Uh, so, so at this point, it, because they claim it's a myth, we, for the time being, we'll just take that as uh, on face value and say, okay, I'll, I'll let you have that for now. Although that, is, that is shoots your whole argument out of the water. But, but let's hear what else you have to say. Right. Well, they say it's the rise, not the fall. They say. Adam and Eve were proto-humans without any moral sin. What the heck is a proto-human? I do not know. A (laughs) proto-human without without any moral sense. They had no moral sense. They were proto-humans. All proto means is first, like prototype is our first type. i got to go get these out of the oven. I'll be right Mm -hmm. back. Yeah. Sorry about that. Proto-humans. Yeah. Now, the thing about proto is, like, uh, if you have a proto-type uh, of a device, right. like like when I was in the military, we, we tested the prototype of a weapon system. The prototype, <laughs> the prototype means that it is a functional weapon system. It is functional. You can use this. What makes it a prototype is that it's, 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 it's like in beta, you know. Mm-hmm. It's functional. It's there. You can use it. It gets the job done. There's still some kinks to work out. That'd be what I'm afraid of in a okay. weapon system. It's like, huh, I pulled the trigger, and apparently the barrel's on the other end. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, you know, that much has been worked out. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, think, think of proto as like, you know, software as an alpha or some beta. You you had this concept. You have a working model. Oh, okay. uh, it, 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 and it, it has works. Been some testing done. It, it, it is what it is, yeah. But but often you don't really know uh, because hey, if I program this, it, it it does what I ask it to, and it's doing what I tell it to. But you may get it, and you may use it differently, and you may encounter different problems. Kind of like Windows uh, right now. Yeah, you're, <laughs> you're experiencing a proto Windows 10. Hmm. Yeah. Okay. But anyway. <laughs> Moving on along, this is, this is, it gets no, better. No, that's the bad thing. This, is I'm not supposed to be experiencing a proto Windows 10. It's supposed to be. The liberal Christians view it, this gets better. Just uh, fasten your seatbelt. <laughs> God deceived Adam and Eve, telling them the tree was poison, and if they ate, ate it, they would die. Who's who's who did that? God, God did. God lied to Adam and Eve. Telling them that if they ate from the fruit, they would die. Uh, hold now, on he a did, now he did not. He he did tell them the day you eat this, you'll die. But he did not tell them it was poison. He did not lie to them because when the day they did eat it, they did. They ate, they died. Begin their their slow descent to death. There, I mean, you can. Uh, I was actually. I heard it said that 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 it was dying. Thou shalt die. And we, they died spiritually as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it immediately set a chasm because, for, right. for one thing, there was unity. Uh, there was unity with with 
God in, in heaven and, and God in earth. But whenever they did that, it introduced sin, and and God could no longer dwell here. This was no longer his dwelling place. He could he could he was would not allow himself to to be part of this anymore, and he had to separate himself from man. And there's no way man can get that back until Jesus. I have a, I have a problem with people um, saying, "Oh, this is a myth. This, this, and this." There's no evidence. There's no anything. They're just throwing a story out there. Well, I, I have a, a concept of a myth, but I'll get to that later. Let me, okay. let, me, let me go down this line. The serpent was intelligent, helpful, and told the truth. Oh, my gosh. Are they Satanists? Uh, apparently. That's not Christianity. Their moral compass was not complete until after they ate of the fruit. Mm-mm. Um, God, in a fit of rage... Curse man, woman, snake, and even the ground. Okay, he, he did do that, but it was not in a fit of rage. It was rage. not in a fit of rage. Uh, Adam and Eve advanced into full morality, but only after they were told the truth by the snake. They go on to say Genesis is an allegory that portrays the development that any individual or family goes through in their life cycle. In other words, you, you let me keep on reading here. Children are born helpless and innocent, following the teaching of parents, hopefully in security. Hmm. Then they rebel as teens to go out in the world and start their own families. That's crazy. Starting uh, now, your own family now, isn't the, a rebellion. The, the, the Gnostic view, the Gnostics were uh, people back in Paul's day, in John's day. They didn't believe in miracles, right? Now, now listen to the Gnostic view. The snake is a liberator telling the truth and making man complete with the moral compass. Mm -mm. Sound familiar? Yes, Satanism. That's what it sounds like it's, to me. It's, I'm just saying that core Gnostic view is exactly right. what liberal Christians are teaching. Liberal yeah. Christians are not Christians. They are no. Gnostics. They, they, uh, what I've looked up as I read about liberal Christianity, because we, we need to address this in our truth podcast. Right, and I need you to bring that up because you were the one that researched that about Gnosticism. That's that's because huge. Because this is where Christianity has really gotten muddy because uh, apparently up until the mid-1800s, all Christianity is what you would call fundamentalist fundamentalism. Well, they because they just got started. It was fresh. No, no, no. Uh, if you look up in Merriam-Webster's dictionary and even dictionary.com. Oh, you're talking about 1800s, not. Yeah. The, the 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 word the term fundamentalism referring to Christianity We're means not. that somebody it, it, it's a person who believes that the Bible is inerrant, infallible, and is a literal word inspired by God. Oh, so I am a fundamentalist. So. So from from that dictionary definition, yeah, we're fundamentalists. Now, now, now here's uh, why the 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 label fundamentalism came into being, because in the mid 1800s there began to be a spinoff uh, of what was called modern Christianity or progressive Christianity, 
And then that melded into New Age movement, which now is melding into liberal Christianity. They keep changing the label. They keep saying, you know, calling it Christianity when it's not. Well, that sounds like the Catholic Church. They did that as well. They melded with all the other groups and whatnot. And I, I even, because, uh, you know, fundamentalism is not a denomination. It, it, it spans different denominations, right. you know, Presbyterians and Baptists and and Methodists, or anybody who believes that the Bible is the literal word of God. Now, right. uh, and so I thought, well, I know that liberal Christianity is not a denomination, but I thought, let me look up and see which denominations consider themselves liberal Christians. Right. Unitarian? Uh, I'm not familiar with that one. I've heard of it, but I don't know. I've, I've heard of it, but if you hear, hear of Unitarian, Universalism, Universal Unitarians, those are liberal Christians. If you hear Evangelistic Lutherans, that's really liberal Christianity. Because you have Evangelistic Lutherans and you have Confessional Lutherans. Confessional Lutherans are the ones who stick to the Bible. They stick uh, which ones are the ones that believe baptism and and the Lord's Supper has to do with salvation? Or is that all of them? I would have to look it up. Okay. I'm about to have to go get my breakfast and get so. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go get my breakfast. I'll be right back. Well, I don't know how good this is going to taste, oh, but it man, smells amazing. It smells good, man. I'm telling you why. <laughs> hey, I got to tell you something. <laughs> what? Um, I, you know, I listen to Greg a lot. And they talked about, um, what was it, uh, Calvinism versus Arminianism one day. Oh, yeah. He was saying, like, Calvinism was God chooses you. You choose him because he chooses you first. Right. And then Arminianism is God chooses you because you chose him first. Right. And I'm listening and I'm thinking, I'm not sure either one of those are right. They kind of cancel each other out. And here's my logic. Yeah. God is not willing that any should perish. So he, to say God picks and chooses who gets saved, it just it bugs me because the Bible says God's not willing that any should perish. All right. On the Arminianism side, we can't choose God first. Mm, Arminianism side, you cannot choose God first. No, Arminianism says God chose us because we basically said yes to him or whatever. Right. But I'm thinking that don't make sense because it takes God to initiate contact before we can ever... Right. Yeah, right, because because you know the whole faith and salvation is a gift from God. So how can you choose God first unless you had that gift right. first? And I just, um, I really think both of them have something to no, be desired. Um, knowing what little I do about the whole Calvinistic Arminian argument, I would have to say I I probably lean more towards Calvinism, um, except. Uh, the whole issue, basically, it's you know, predestination issues. What you're talking right. about. Right. That's, that's the issue I was actually. 
and gets really sticky. And, and honestly, they're both kind of saying the same thing but different. And the reason I say that is the end result is it takes two. You have to have of you, some kind is what they're talking well, about. You, you have to have a match where you know God's uh, chose you, you chose him. There has to be that matchup, okay? Because that's who who uh, the real true believer is. Is that's who's going to be in the kingdom? Is the one who who uh, has that relationship? Right. Now, how do you get? to that relationship. Well, like you said, God is not willing that any should perish. He opens the door for everybody and anybody uh, to be part of his kingdom. Now, and so, the Holy Spirit does have to convict. And, and, right. And, and just because everyone has you know, the blood of Christ payment offered to them right. does not mean they have to respond to that uh, uh, yes, right. Remember when we, we did our thing about uh, oh salvation way back, probably yeah. episode three, four, five, or six. Uh, they gave an illustration where there was a professor, uh-huh. and for his final exam, he hooked up with you know athlete at football. He said, "How many the donuts? You know, how, how many push-ups can you do?" He, he figured he could do you know five hundred or however three hundred push-ups or whatever it was. Oh, good because that means there's thirty thirty kids in the class do ten push-ups a piece, right. and you're going to pay the price, and everyone's going to get a donut because that's what Jesus did. Right. He did all those push-ups for us. He, uh-huh. he he did all that stuff on the cross for everybody. That's right. Now what now where, and that's how God's quote-unquote predestination works is it's there for everybody now the way it works in effect is you have the right to choose hey uh, this guy's doing my push-ups for me thanks for doing it and you can willingly revel in that and accept that and enjoy the benefits of that doing it or you could say I don't um, want a donut. I, I don't want a donut. I'm not hungry. Well, that's fine. He's still going to pay the price that's for right. it. Take it home with you. Eat it later. That's okay. Or you could say, uh, I can pay my own price. Here, move out of the way. I'm going to do my own t- 10 push-ups. No, no, nope. no. That's not the deal. That's right. Uh, you can have the donut. He's paying the price. Well, I don't want it then. Well, you don't have to have it then. Or the, you may have the effect of, Oh, you're making that poor guy do. You know, I I wanted it, but now I don't want it because I see right. this horrible thing, and and uh, and then you can reject it, or you can, for any number of reasons, you can choose to reject it. But he still has to pay the price. But he still is paying the price, whether even if that donut goes in the trash, mm-hmm. he's still paying the price, and so right. the the power. Because uh, that's what Calvinists say is Jesus only paid the price for those who are his children. Okay. i got to scoff at that a little bit. Now, now, what I say is he certainly did pay the price for those who are his children. He also paid it for those who are not. That's right. Now, it's not effective until you reciprocate that's right. based until on that in. gift of faith. You know, that gift of salvation. And so the Calvinists are saying it one way. And the Arminians are saying the same thing, but a different way. I'm just not sure I can agree with either one of them. But I, I, I tend to, if I'm going to have to lean on one side, I would I would tend to lean towards a Calvinist and not so much Arminian. But that's a, a sticky point. Uh, 
I'm not sure I can lean 100% in either direction. Well, I, uh, I'm not saying I'm split on the middle, right? But I'm not entirely on board with either side. See, that's I, what I'm saying. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all for the result. The result oh, is yeah. you have a individual who gets it. They they understand the salvation thing. They reciprocate. Hey, they, I'm just thankful. They take that thankful. ball and run with it. You know, even if you're the guy who says, "Well, I don't. I'm not hungry for my doing it now. Um, I'll take it home, though." You know. Because maybe you will. At least, you, you know. at least both sides get salvation in practice, correct? As in repentance and faith. At least they right. get that right. Right. I'm all. I'm all about right. that. They get that right. That's good. Right. Because the other stuff is just. Um, the other stuff is a no-brainer. I mean, original sin. I mean, that's kind of easy to get. Your, you know, your degenerate nature. You know, you, you don't have to learn how to sin. You have to learn how to be good. Uh, the, the sovereignty of God. Who, do, who, who doesn't understand that? Um, right. Whenever you get to the whole predestination thing, it gets kind of sticky. Uh, the Calvinists believe in irresistible grace, meaning that because you, you can't are, say no. yeah, you can't say no. If you're the elect, you cannot say no. Uh, and that's that's also plays into that. They also have, uh, you know, once saved, always saved is in there. And, and of course, yeah, I agree I, with that. I, I do agree with that. And oh, there's another one: uh, e- eternal, Se- eternal security. I think. Well, you know, I agree with that. Well, I think that's what say do say. But the the one thing that I'm sticky on other other five points is that whole predestination thing. And it's not that I disagree with the end result. I disagree with their method on how they determine there. it. Yeah. Yep. But I think that whole thing, uh, whether you believe their predestination or don't believe their predestination, one thing that I was probably listening to the same one with Greg Coco saying, whether you're Arminian or Calvinistic, one thing you have to agree on is the elect is those who are in God's kingdom. Right. However you get to be elect, those elect are the ones. Now, this is what shoots liberal Christianity in the butt. Because they're saying that uh, this original sin is a myth, that God lied, Satan told the truth, that man was not complete until he sinned. Uh, it was the rise of man, not the fall of man. Now, now, here's what I say about all that is, if you honestly believe that man is not completed until he sins, then you also don't believe that there, he needs to be saved. If he doesn't need to be saved, then you don't believe that Jesus was resurrected. If you don't believe that Jesus was resurrected, for one, you can't call yourself a Christian. That's right. And another, another thing, too, is, you know, Paul talked about that, you know, uh, the if Christ was not resurrected, us we Christians are the most pathetic fools That's on right. the face of the earth. So if you don't believe that Christ resurrected liberal Christian people, that makes you that person. You are the most pathetic fool that lives on the face of the earth. I, I'm, I'm sorry to say that. It's not my words. <laughs> it's right. in the Bible. It's God's words. It's Paul's words. We, well, we talked about this whole liberal Christianity view. We kind of... Uh, touched, you know, you, you kind of touched on the various points of why it's uh, wrong. Right. I know that based on uh, the the traditional Christian view, the fundamentalist view, the view of people who believe that the Bible is indeed l- the literal Word of God. It's us narrow-minded fuddy-duddies, yeah. yes. Yeah. 
Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I have more to say about that, but I don't know if I'm going to squeeze it in. Because <laughs> um, I found some other hey, interesting... Let's say narrow. The, the path to heaven's narrow. So yeah, yeah, that is true. Narrow is the way and straight is the gate, or however they put mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Straight is the way and narrow is the gate. Something like that. Straight and narrow. You want to follow the crowd, you'll follow them to hell. That's pretty much uh, what I'm saying. <laughs> but from the literal view, uh, we have uh, the, the players are uh, the serpent, Eve, Adam, and then God shows up uh, after things kind of fall apart. Uh, so did you want to specifically address any of that? What's the literal view? I thought we had the literal All right, view. That's what I mean. Dumb, dumb, the ball's in your court, buddy. Take it away. Okay. Um, well, I, I really believe that uh, things were just as what the Bible said. And here's the thing is, is from what I heard you talk about, Keith, the, the views that were expressed by these people don't show any evidence. They're just, as you said, a Gnostic gospel repeat, um, which is just heresy. It's just a big mess. And you you can say all you want what you believe and what you think and what you don't think, but I guess two things. One, it doesn't change what's true. And so if the Bible is accurate, and if the Bible is what, what we claim it is, and I really believe it is, then that's not going to change just because somebody has something to say about it, against it. All right. Um, well, let's let's uh, kind of look at this maybe in two slightly different ways. All right. Okay. The, the Bible is literal. And so what do we see in Genesis 3.1? What is it? Do you have the Bible open? Yeah. Okay, what does it say there? Let's just go with like the first uh, five verses. I think it takes us up to the the actual sin part. Um, now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. So we have and a serpent. It's, it's an actual serpent, right? It, because this is literal. This is an actual, you know, snake. Right. It's a serpent, but and he, and he is subtle. I do believe. I do believe that this is the devil. Uh, uh, What's the word? Possessing this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he, he was settled in any beast in the field. Then continue on. Right. All right. He said to the woman, "Yea, has God said, you 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 shall not eat of every tree of the garden?" I may have screwed that up a little bit. I apologize. Yeah. And the woman said unto the serpent, "We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden." But of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you will not eat of it, neither shall you touch it, lest you die. I wonder if Adam didn't throw in the neither shall you touch it part just to keep her away from it. I don't know. That's just... Well, um, so at this point, we have a snake who speaks. He talks using words, apparently. And we have this woman who says that God says you can eat all the fruits of the garden, but just not this one tree. Right. And because uh, if you eat, you'll die, or if you touch it. Now, um, what my thinking on that is is uh, God certainly said don't eat it, but the woman added 
don't right. touch it. Now, there's nothing wrong with saying don't touch it because but you're, the barrier between, you're putting an extra barrier because if you can't touch it, hey, you certainly can't eat it if you're not touching it. Just don't say God said that. Right. And that's where the serpent had an extra bit of ammunition because he was able to say, oh, well, she took and she added a little bit to what God said. And so I can play with that. It, it seems harmless enough. Mm-hmm. But, but continue on, because I know you want to talk about the, the steps uh, that lead to sin, correct? Yeah, that'd be great. And the serpent said unto the woman, You will not surely die, for God doth know in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes will be opened, and you will be as gods, knowing good and evil. Now, there's two things here I do want to look at that the devil does. First, he, made, he wanted to make Eve doubt what God said. Uh, that's the verse. That's the first verse where he says, "Hasn't God said you can eat of every tree of the garden?" Then the devil, you know, the devil says, "You will not surely die." Um, he was trying to make her do something. In both cases, in both cases, you see the devil trying to twist what God said, and I, I really believe he's trying to do that today that's all I had to say of that part mm-hmm. and of course as we had mentioned before you know the uh, this liberal Christian view says well God lied he said they're going to die but God never said that they're going like, to drop dead he did say that they would die and they did begin their slow descent into death uh, you know, there's kind of a, uh, oh, uh, I forget where I first seen that, but it's kind of a, oh, probably Abbott and Costello, <clears throat> an old an old movie where they're like uh, in it before a firing a squad and how do you want to be put to death, and and old Kyle, age. Costello said old age, you know, uh, and, and but the point is even if you die of old age, you're still, you're still uh, on that on that road, so. Uh, so if, if the liberal Christian says that God lied he didn't lie about that he's telling the truth uh, did God tell them that, to not eat uh, yes he, he did tell them to not eat so God hasn't lied about anything yet he didn't say anything about your being gods he never said anything about nope. your eyes being opened nope because the serpent planted a little bit of doubt a little bit of toehold and to Eve, uh, he was able to suggest these other things. And then yeah, she, and now look, sorry. Well, honestly, you haven't probably got to it yet, but then the next step is she saw that it did look pretty good. It was, it was an attractive fruit. Yeah, this is verse 6. Yeah. When the woman saw the tree was good for for food. Now, how did she get that idea? She probably saw it every day, but she didn't notice it until the snake pointed it out. That, right. And that it was pleasant to the eyes. That makes sense. And a tree to be desired to make one wise. Now, who gave her that idea? Again, that was the devil. She took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. Now, let's look at this here. Let's see. When the woman saw the tree was good for food and it was pleasant to the eyes well there's the lust of the eyes 
Uh, see, the tree was good for food. That'd be the lust of the flesh. And a tree to be desired to make one wise, that's the pride of life. So that's all three uh, types of, uh, of temptation. And she fell for them all at once. But she was deceived. Adam ate. Adam wasn't deceived. He knew what he was doing. And personally, my, my thought on Adam, because it says that Adam ate with her, then people are saying, oh, he was there with her. Well, he, she he got him, probably. may have been, or he may have not been too far away. But I kind of got a feeling, and this is just all, all me. This is not in the Bible, so I don't think that it is, listeners out there. Right. I think that Adam kind of maybe was standing by in the bushes, let's say, what saying, God, God <laughs> said don't eat, but hey, this woman, she's getting ready to eat. I'm going to watch her like a guinea pig. See what happens. And see what happens. <laughs> hey, she didn't fall over dead, so maybe it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But he was using her. He was using her for a guinea pig. That could be. I didn't ever think about that. Hey, you had some ins another insight recently that I liked, and that was about the uh, – Jesus wept, and and I'm not saying this is biblical either, but it was interesting. What if Jesus wept because he knew where he, where Lazarus was, and he's going to be bringing him back from there? So it's an interesting thought. The other day, I shared that with my wife. Yeah, different story. Different, back in Messiah yeah. six, for anyone who hasn't heard it yet. But uh, see, you want me to go on? Yeah, go ahead. And the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Where art thou? And he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And he said, who told you you were naked? Uh-oh, busted. Well, yeah, well, it, it, it starts even before that. Their eyes are opened. They made themselves aprons. They heard God and hid themselves. Why did they hide themselves? They knew, right. they knew that suddenly something was different. There was something about their nature that snapped, yep. that and when they heard God, it's like, uh oh, we got to hide because we can't let God find out. Yeah, like God's not going to find out. Now, here's the thing, though. <laughs> from, they went from walking openly with God mm -hmm. to hiding from God. Yeah. And, and some people will ask, in fact, I, I know someone here uh, that I know personally asked, uh, if God knows everything... Why did he have to ask Adam, what were you doing? Who told you you were naked? How come he had to ask him that? He didn't have to, but he was giving Adam a chance, I think. He was giving Adam a chance to, to come clean, to confess. That, because that's how God works. He knows exactly what happened. But but the whole confession thing, he he does that. He asks, "What were you doing?" Because he wants. Because whenever once we ask that question, or I'm sorry, once we confess and say, "This is what I did," I, and you confront that, that's is the wake up call that we have to go through. Being humans that we are, 
Mm-hmm. It, and I even put it this way: Are you a father, or you know, are you a parent? Do you ever catch your child doing something? Want to give them a chance? And you walk in the room, and they got this big mess, and you say, "What are you doing?" You know what they did. There's a mess. You know exactly what they did. They made a mess. You don't. You don't walk in there and say, "You know, look at this mess," and you did this, and you can just walk in and say, "What? What did you do?" And the kid's gonna be like, "Ah." <laughs> yeah. You know? It has chocolate in his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Brain uh, damage. That's <laughs> Bill Cosby to say. <laughs> it's, a, it's a tool where it forces the the center to confront. Yep. And admit, oh, wow, I, 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 okay, I did do this, but of course, uh, you know, what does Adam and Eve do? Uh, do, do they uh, freely uh, admit fully that they did something wrong? Read the next little bit. <laughs> The blame game begins. Uh, oh yes, the blame game. That's a good heading for that. That should anyway. Yeah. And the I, and also, I did like you a minute ago. Now I have to find where I'm. Heard the voice. Uh, says, uh, verse eight. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of day. Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Again, I think it's important for us to note they went from walking openly with God to hiding from Him. Verse nine. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said unto him, Wherefore art thou? Sorry, I'm making a note. Because <laughs> that's a good <laughs> Wasn't a good that note. Romeo and Juliet? Wherefore out there? Romeo or Romeo? Yeah. <laughs> anyway, sorry. <laughs> okay. That, just, that was too good to pass up. And the Lord God called unto Adam and said, Where are you? See? There. Now you can't say it's Shakespeare. <laughs> hey, it's Hebrew, okay? Technically, it's Hebrew, so... All right. It's coffee. But anyway. <laughs> and he said, I heard thy voice in the garden and was afraid because I was naked. I hid myself. And he said, Who told you you were naked? Have you eaten of the tree that I told you not to eat of? And uh, no, God didn't dangle his participles. But anyway. <laughs> and the man said... The woman who you gave to, to be with me, she gave me of the tree, and I did eat. And here's an interesting thing is he says, you think he's blaming the woman, but you know, he he's didn't, kind of blaming God. He, he, he didn't say he was tempted. He, he said she gave it. She forced it on him. And he is kind of blaming God. This woman that you gave to me. You gave it. <laughs> it's not my fault. You're the one that gave it to me. Yeah. <laughs> and the Lord God said unto the woman, here we go. Down the down the rabbit trail here. What is it that you've done? And the woman said, "The serpent beguiled me." And and beguiled does mean to be tempted or, or to be charmed, right? And I I guess that's a semi accurate statement or an accurate statement. Eve is correct. The serpent did mess her up. But the Lord said unto the serpent, because you've done this, uh, you are cursed above all cattle and above every beast of the field. Upon your belly thus shall go, and dust you'll eat all the days of your life. And I love this because this is probably the first time you ever hear anyone go, eat dust. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, and God I, said it. Yes, right. I love it. <laughs> 
And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed. This is important. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise, bruise his heel. This is prophecy, a prophecy of Jesus Christ coming. Right. So, so th that verse right there connects the this whole event of sin to how can we do something to fix this? And, right. And the fix is a seed from the woman will come and right. strike his head, and this he will bruise your heel. And I've heard it explained. That normally, women don't have seed. Mm -hmm. Normally, it's the man that has the right, seed. Right, seed refers to the the male part in the birth process. That's just interesting. And if you think about the Virgin Mary, right, who was the male there? I mean, physically, uh, there, the there was Spirit. no human male. Right, correct. And so it would have been the woman's seed. Right. That makes sense. God used it. Now, no, I wasn't saying that. Should I even say what I wasn't saying? Because um, let, let me also take Matthew <laughs> for kind of pausing here and say <laughs> earlier I, I said, oh, this is a real snake, a real like you know scale snake. Yeah, it, but it, it had and it speaks. Okay. Now, if and he, and he said Satan, you know, oppressed or possessed the snake and made it do these things. I, I do believe okay. that. Okay. Now, so if Satan made this poor little old snake do this and how come is God then punishing this poor little old snake who you know was impressed upon himself well, I'm sorry let, my, my point is let me also refer to the, let me also refer to the fact that in the <laughs> New, New Testament Jesus I think it's Jesus it says temptation has to come but woe to the one who through the temptation comes right uh, and I think he's referring to Judas there I think yeah, Paul may have said words similar to that. Okay, and so yeah, granted, uh, whoa, you know this this temptation uh, occurred the way it did, and maybe this serpent, uh, if it, if it had his preference, probably wouldn't have had anything to do with it. But woe to him because he is the channel, he is the right. vessel that this temptation came. So that's all I have not, to say not about just, not just him, his whole. Lineage, yeah. Because yeah. that, that, that's how bad the curse, that this yeah. event was to have fallen. You know, so that, that's what I want to say about the snake and, and why he he was cursed in the way that he was cursed. Because you would say it was just a poor little snake, you know, <laughs> for people who like snakes. You know. <laughs> Unto the woman he said, "I will greatly multiply thy sorrow and thy conception and sorrow that you'll bring forth children and in desire." And the desire, and thy desire shall be to thy husband, uh, and he will rule over you. And unto Adam he said, because you listen to your wife, like an idiot, but he didn't say that, but, you know. <laughs> and, and you ate of the tree, of which I said, don't do it. Yeah. Curses is the ground for your sake. In sorrow you'll eat of it all the days of his life. Why? Why is he saying this? Oh, verse 18 says it. Thorns also and thistles shall it bring forth to you, and you'll eat of the herb of the field. In the sweat of thy face you'll eat bread till you return into the ground. For out of it was you taken. For dust thou art, and unto dust you'll return. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all the living. Mm -hmm. 
And of course, that's okay. where you know, the earth is cursed because before right. it would spring forth with fruit from the garden, now they had to work to get it out of the ground. <clears throat> and so those are the consequences Ooh. of, you know, the, the immediate consequences of sin. There's that, more. Yeah. He's kicked out of the garden in verse 22. Yep. How, how does it word that in there, refresh my memory? Uh, and the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become as one of us to know good and evil, and now lest he put forth his hand to take also of the tree of life. And, and really, uh, don't let me forget, after I read this verse, I want to uh, to say something about that. And eat it and live forever. Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he was taken. So he drove out the man and placed at the east of the garden of Eden cherubims and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life now let me tell you something this mm -hmm. sounds like another punishment and maybe in part it is yeah. but it's also quite a blessing do you know why I say that? why do you say that? what happens when we're in sin? our bodies we're start hiding to decay. and we're separated from God yeah, and, and our, our, our bodies start to decay right if you eat of the tree of life and live forever with your body decaying, you'll be a zombie. Uh, uh, pretty much. <laughs> okay, not exactly. Think about it. I mean, that would be torture. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh, people who are elderly, you know, oftentimes you don't think about it when you're a young twenty-something or a teen or even thirty-something. You know, you're 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 pretty much in decent health. You're maybe you're athletic. You're outgoing. You play sports. You, you, the concept of dying is is a horrible thing. You're afraid of death. But by the time you hit, you know, eighty or ninety or a hundred, death can sometimes be your friend. You know, those those older people. Sometimes it's a blessing that they are ready to go. That the, their their yeah. body is hurt. They're in pain. They you know they they maybe can't have trouble breathing. They have trouble. Uh, and it's like you know, with you know all my agony, like like Job and all of his agony, he just wanted to die, you know, because death at that point becomes your friend that you don't have to deal with this anymore. And so to live forever and having your body continually uh, degrading, that would be terrible. And so this, so to now have this sin and this, this slow degradation, you know, physical degradation. Yeah, well, Adam lived to be over 900, and Methuselah lived to be, like, what, 996 or something? It was almost a 1,000 years. But to, to live that long, I mean, in, on this continually downward spiral, mm -hmm. uh, for one thing, just to be able to do that, uh, they would have had to have been a lot more healthier back then. Because consider how unhealthy people are by the time they hit their 60s. Well, sin <laughs> you know? sin had just taken root. So I think that's yeah. part of it. Sin had just taken root. Yeah. But still, you think, you, sin is in the world, and if you, mm -mm, you don't want to live forever in that mess. Yeah. And, and another thing interesting, too, is here God says, you know, what, what their eyes are open and now they're like one of us. Now, God does say there that, you know, referring that they would be like gods. Right. He never told them that before. Right. He never knew that before. He never lied to them about that. Uh, it was uh, the through, through the temptation of Satan that says, oh, if you eat this fruit, you'll be like God. And God doesn't want you to know that. Well, all right. You know? I've got an so, example. So I'm just saying, though, God didn't put that on the table as a thing. Right. You know. 
but but that you know that was good he did that for their favor it's like right. it's like um you can edit this out if you want okay uh keith yeah. but i'm this is just a, the best example i can think of on the moment okay as a parent when i'm giving my kid the talk I can say, well, if you was to go out and have sex with a lady before you were married, it would be awesome. It would be the most incredible feeling in the world. It would be, but don't do it. Right, because now you're you're building up, building it up, making that temptation. Right. You know. And no matter what I say now, after don't do it, it'll do this to you. It'll do that to you. Mm. It's too late. I've already placed that thought in the guy's head. Well, yeah. God just didn't. He just told them the consequences, and he did them a favor. Right, <laughs> and, and see, uh, even in a situation like that, where you're you're building up this sin, but saying don't do it, uh, there's consequences you need to be aware of. Now, God did say don't eat. There's a consequence. You'll die. Okay. Now he's saying. You know, he didn't. He didn't talk about the curse of, of of the ground. He didn't talk about the curse of the childbirth. He right. Didn't, he, he didn't, didn't want to say those him. things. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> want to, because you know what, what's more scary than you're not Dying. alive anymore. Yeah. Uh, uh, and so, you know, wh why why over overblow the curse? Because then you're saying. Hmm, don't eat the apple, or I'm going to have pain and agony and uh, and I don't death. Know that it was an apple, so, what is? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm just. I got you, man. Uh, so, so if you know, what is so horrible about eating this thing that's going to cause that, and, and that that may also focus on you, know, you. You downplayed the deed, but you blew up the punishment. Like, okay, son, do your homework, or I will kill you. You'll be grounded forever. <laughs> no, yeah, you're overblowing the punishment, you know. And, and you, you know you're not going to do that. And the kid knows you're not going to do that. But what if that really was the punishment? Mm -hmm. um, you know, that, that would put a whole different light on doing that, that, that chore. Uh, and so I, I think God let them know a tiny bit, just enough that they needed to know. Mm -hmm. Until they messed it up, and says, "Well, now that you did, you opened a big other, can of worms." The, yeah, this other stuff is coming. Uh, we yeah. don't always know the consequences of our actions, and I think a lot of times we mess up, and we don't stop to consider the can of worms that we're really opening up. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I want to uh, backpedal just a little bit, and hopefully this won't take but just a little bit. Just watch your balance if you're backing up on a bike. That's really hard. Wow, I fell the handrail. Because <laughs> <laughs> my office is in a balcony. I warned you. <laughs> my, my office is in a balcony, so there is a handrail. Oh, my. <laughs> if, I, if I go over it, I will fall. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but oh, I was going uh, here. Uh, referring back to the liberal Christianity view, this is all a myth. Okay, Using that party line. Because what they say is this is allegory. Now, uh, with that in mind, what I would say, because you know, this is part of a, a a reading survey for a new Christian points in the Bible they ought to know. Right. I don't know if you read my commentary that I wrote on this. Uh, 
I haven't but read it. My, one of the first lines that I write is, a talking snake? you got to be kidding me. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> because as a new Christian, you're like, a talking snake? Snakes don't talk. Well, here, here's the thing is. Now you wouldn't talk they, either if you had dust in your mouth the whole time. Wow. <laughs> he, he almost stole the words out of my mouth there. Oh, they're, really? They're, they're, they're new creation. How do they learn how to talk? How do they know what speech was? I mean, well, did, they, man. Did, 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 I mean, did they just automatically, you know, speak in language? Now, another thing, too, is if you're stranded in, you know, a, a forest, you know, in this garden, and all these animals, you know, some animals make noise, you know, elephants and deer and cows and whatnot, and snakes don't talk, but if you... If you were all brand new to this, and, and who knows how long they were in the garden, days, months, years, no, no one really knows. So how, how would they communicate with animals? How would animals communicate with them? Did animals communicate with them? Apparently they did, because Eve was okay with the snake. So, I didn't think about that. So, so maybe the snake did not speak, you know, utter actual words to her it may have been like sign language like hey nod over here wink wink nudge nudge look at that you know it, 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 and, and maybe now if you consider that the snake uh, did these you know hand and arm movements so to speak you know, sign language so to speak that means that a lot of this temptation that went on in her head it was her sin nature was already there and she just saw the snake maybe in this tree and snuggled up around yeah, the fruit. See, I can't go with that. I'm, I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just trying to, to, to use the, the liberal Christian view oh. as a myth and an allegory saying. That's even going if, against what the liberal Christian says, even if, isn't it? Even if you say this is an allegory, that this, you know, a talking stick. Oh, yeah, right. Be real. Even if you say that this is a, 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 a story designed to teach a lesson. Uh, no matter how you look at it, he, the snake in some way uh, spoke to her, whether in words or a sign, and it tempted her, whether in actual words or, or whatever, and it didn't take much temptation to push her over the edge. Okay. Now, the liberal Christian view also says that, that this instance completed man's humanity now, oddly enough, uh, I will agree with that for this reason only. Before this instance, they were godly. There was no sin, and they were godly. Okay, They had a God nature. They, they communed in unity with God. Here, they lost that. Their humanity, they were now human. Their humanity was complete. They were no longer godly. So... Sure, wink, wink, it completed them as humans, but they lost their morality, yeah. not found their morality. That's right. That's right. And so I'm just trying to to connect those arguments and say they don't work. They That's do right. not work. And, and I love that you're doing that. But here's another thing that bugs me, and I was going to say it earlier. You, you, you know, you, 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 people look at this whole story and they say, well, this is just an allegory. But then they decide to pick and choose what's valid. Right. You can't do that. And, and see, the problem with calling this or any uh, story in the Bible an allegory is that 
You have to remember this. The Bible is God's book. God is the main character. God is the hero. God is his story. His story alone. So therefore, even if you consider this an allegory, and all the other stories in the Bible an allegory, they have to be tied together in unity with God. And you cannot do that if in this story you call God the liar and the serpent the hero. It does not work. And, it, no. and if you want to do that, then you have to throw out this uh, Genesis 3.15 talking about uh, uh, stri- you know, the woman's seed coming to uh, strike right. the serpent, which means... Meaning you're not means, a Christian. ...means Jesus is in his salvation. And if you throw that away... You might as well throw the whole Bible away. That's right. Then you might as well not even call yourself a Christian because you're not. And so why even bother? Uh, you know, we talked earlier about uh, you know Paul saying that if if you uh, don't believe in the resurrection, then the Christians, uh, that type of Christian, is the most pathetic fool in the world. Right. And that's a, that's a harsh statement, but it's not my words. Right. And so, I mean, everything you, as a Christian, hangs on the fact that Jesus uh, right. died and rose and paid for the sin. Uh, why would he have to pay for a sin if sin never happened? And, uh, and it all starts. It all starts here. This is where it starts. Uh, and so, you know, those are some truths. Whether you are, you know, quote-unquote fundamentalist and say this is literally what happened verbatim, word for word, or even if you try to press, oh, this is just uh, a retelling, it's uh, fictionalized, it's a myth. Even if you want to go there, you can only go so far uh, to say that if it's God's story, how does it shake out with God at the top? And you can't put, there is no spin. If If you spin it any other way, then God is in control and man sinned and that, this, and that the punishment was deserved, <laughs> then you're purposely trying to uh, be Satan. I mean, literally. Yeah. And and you're really a Satanist and not a Christian. That's what oh, it yeah. sounds like to me. Yeah. So those, I think, is a, some pretty complete ideas. I, I mean, I, we could talk about this for... Uh, hours, I'm sure. <laughs> but sin is an important thing for a Christian to get straight. Yep. And understand that you know there are some beliefs. Uh, I'm, uh, if I remember right, the Muslim belief is that, uh, just like with this liberal Christianity, is that uh, sure. Maybe Adam and Eve did sin, but that didn't carry through, and that we're all born good until our environment. Oh, oh I, I like that that phrase in there that the child is born innocent, uh, and and they they learn from their family, hopefully in a secure environment. I'm like, hopefully. <laughs> well, yeah. What if your family sucks? And, <laughs> and they're criminals, and they're yeah. pedophiles, and they're abusers. Then yep. you 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 might as well you might as well just hang it up because there's no hope for you. You know what? There is because all it mm, takes Jesus Christ. Jesus. Uh, once you meet 
God and Jesus face to face, even if you're from that environment, you have hope and you can overcome that. And, and you can be born in a, a pastor's kid. What was that that Greg Coco was seeing on her? Was that our interview? He was talking about that. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah, because he was saying, remember on, on the plane, he sat next to the guy and he said, I used oh, to be yes. a pastor's kid. He says, What do you mean, used to be? Yeah. So you, you can be born in you know the the quote unquote a holy family right and then you can just you know fall apart uh, in the bible it talks about Eli and his and his two sons Eli was a, a decent priest but his two sons were horrible they stole the meat from the sacrifice they tried to literally rape the women that came in and I mean you read the Samuel it talks all about it first Samuel um and so it can go either way. I mean, do your family environment is no guarantee of who you're going to be. You can overcome a bad one, or you can fall prey to sin in a good one. What really matters is your encounter with God. Welcome to Thoroughly Equipped, a podcast for women, where we compare the popular women's ministry teachings, books, conferences, Bible studies, etc. to Scripture. Our focus is 2 Timothy 3, 16-17, that all Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so the man or woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I am your host, Melba Toast. May this episode bless you and bring glory to God. Welcome, ladies. I pray you are in His Word. Ladies, if you are interested in the transcript for this episode, you can go to ttew.org. You can find other great resources, articles, blogs, and videos that may bless you in your Christian walk, as well as links to follow me on social media. If you wish to contact me, you can email me at thoroughlyequipped316 at gmail.com. Again, the website address is ttew.org. Join us as we take this time to stop and think about it. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. What were you thinking? I'm trying to think, but nothing happens. Don't say anything now. Just think about it. You're listening to Stop and Think About It, a podcast for the Christian thinker. In a day when sound biblical preaching has been replaced by man-centered entertainment and the church has become increasingly anti-intellectual, this podcast will encourage believers to think biblically and theologically. So please join me as we get ready to stop and think about it. Here I am, Phil, the Bronx Expositor, along with my favorite co-host, and only one, Glenroy, the West Indian wordsmith. How you doing, Glenroy? Hello, everybody. We're back. We are back. Greetings, friends and foes, saints and sinners. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Stop and Think About It podcast. Well, thank you for taking this time to stop and think about it. If you would like to contact us, please email us at stopandthinkcrew at gmail.com. You could also visit our website at www.stopandthinkpodcast.com. 
This podcast is listener supported by generous people like you. You can give a tax deductible donation at our affiliate ministry at www.soulfishingministries.org and click on our donate link to give securely through PayPal. Thank you for listening to Stop and Think About It. Anyway, that was the show and uh, all about sin. It's a timely topic. some challenges there, some mythology, some false teachings, some bad ways to look at it, uh, some bad uh, things that people get mistaken today. They forget uh, where it all started and uh, and what sin has done to humanity, not for humanity. But hey, uh, I'd better go ahead and wind this all down and say, uh, take it away, Anthony Rousseau, tell all the good folks how to get in touch with us because I want to hear from you. So here we go. Visit life-truth.com where you can find all our shows. Leave a message or call our voicemail number at 401-753-4844. Find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash life truth page. Follow us on Twitter at capital H, capital P, capital N, capital C, A-S-T. Everything Nathan Caldwell does can be found at facebook.com forward slash protectors of the book. Music in the show is used by permission of Kevin Zerby at zerbinator.wordpress.com. May the word of Christ dwell in you richly. May you find everything you need. And if you don't know Jesus, your greatest need is a Savior. Thanks for listening.